Oh gosh! Yeah, it's time of year we're coughing and hacking and all this. So why not go ahead and start the recording? And I've got a little grammar uh, thing for you to start out with here in a minute. Grammar. It's been a while since we. Oh, this could be a fun podcast. We're talking grammar. (laughs) Okay. Pretty wild here on the Field Weather Show. You go ahead and do the your okay. Well, thank you. Uh, I hope I you have to correct my grammar, but uh, this no, is no, Roger Fields. I'm with Jeff Fields. We're brothers, and we uh, are doing this from Central Kentucky. And we talk a lot about Kentucky, about our lives here, what's going on. We never know what's going to come up in this podcast. But we do like to talk about the grace of God and just the amazing power of the gospel. Just an unfiltered. Uh, unmixed grace of God message, and we think it's very liberating, very freeing, and so we like talking about that. All right, Jeff, what you got? Do you know what a contronym is? You may have heard this. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, I think I do, actually. Um, well, a mutual uh, friend on Facebook yeah. recently shared something, and, and I, yeah. you know, I'm thinking, it's a I, word I that can mean contradictory things, right? It's just one word, one individual re- words. It depends that on the have context. Opposite meanings. Yeah. Like, give me an example Apology. Apology can be a statement of contrition, or apologetics is a defense. Yeah, defense of is a, what you believe. Yeah, of, of one's. That's why I never really liked the term apologetics. It does sounds like you're apologizing for the gospel. I've never. Uh, another one, bolt. Yeah, you to can bolt. You bolt can something secure fast something, in it, or you can leave. Or you can leave. I yeah, bolt it. Yeah, yeah left. Um, bound, similar. Um, heading to a destination. You're bound for wherever. Yeah. Or bound. You're. You're not. You're not. You're restrained from movement. Is there some deep meaning behind these, Jeff? Is there anything that's you, you going it'd be, anywhere it'd with be this? Over your head, if oh, I, I tried to explain. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I want to do all these. Let's see what's uh, da, 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 left. You know, he left, or he was left behind. Like he, did. yeah, he yeah. left something, or then he, you, left. you got left, or you left. Oh, you got left. Okay, you, that's you, true. You were left behind. You right. know, Tim LaHaye, you were right. left behind, and all this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I weave see. that into okay, a little Bible prophecy there. Okay, I'm yeah, going down that road here. Uh, uh, cleave to adhere or to separate. You know, a cleaver. You know, so cleave. Anyway. Cleave means to cut something like that. Yeah, I never, I, you yeah. rarely hear it that used that way. But okay, all right. Anyway, I just thought that would be um, that it. Oh, there's more, but but I mean, know. is that there's no there's no. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint there's you, no but no, real, there's no <laughs> there's no meaning to this. There's no relevance other than just it's a grammar lesson. Is this what this it's, is? Not, not so much a lesson. It's just See what a, you get um, all for free, folks. A, a free you know, grammar lesson from Jeff. Today last time we start with the Oak Ridge Boys, and this time we start with contronyms. Right. So anyway, right. <laughs> so did y'all have a good uh, good Thanksgiving. I mean, we're doing this after Thanksgiving. Yeah, this will be uh, this will be uh, released. Will be about a week and a half past Thanksgiving. Yeah. We probably should have mentioned that more in our last podcast that we recorded. But uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, had a house full, and we yeah. have a house full on Thanksgiving. For yeah, sure. I bet Teresa you do. does a ton of work. Do you and, like get the um, local police department to come out and direct traffic or anything? You know, that's parking? a good idea. We might need to start doing that pretty soon. But fortunately, or next, if you ever want a house with more parking, I mean, I'm, I'm a realtor, Jeff. I can you know take a care of that. Can you I, put I, me in touch I, with I can, a realtor? I can make that happen uh, now. We can get a bigger driveway, little parking on the side, you know. Great weather, so that made it nice. Kids yeah, could play oh, yeah, outside yeah, and all that. Yeah, so that was good. Yeah. And you had a good gathering, I understand, yeah, at your uh-huh, house yeah. as well. So Yeah. Yeah, the weather made it wonderful. We were going to play uh, um, 
uh, cornhole, but we didn't, uh, you know, we set it all up and then we started eating. We play skip bow, you know, that's our card game we like. So we ended up playing big skip bow. <laughs> pretty game. wild there. Yeah, the pretty wild there. House. But, oh, I, speaking of cornhole, I got to tell you something. I did a, um, you know, I got a Facebook page, What's Happening in Nicholasville, and we did a live broadcast from the Adult Education Learning Center. Okay? I remember Remember seeing that? you on that. Yeah, okay. I don't know that I watched it all. but So I when I get there, they introduce me to a man named Lionel. Well, Lionel, I don't know if I told you this or not, Lionel so. is a ranked cornhole player, nationally ranked. Okay. Did you ask him about Baggate that we talked about a few weeks ago on our podcast? You know, the scandal? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. He knew all about it. Oh, I'm mad he said it was. He said it was accidental. He said it was not. Sure nothing was. was. Yeah, that's what he said. And another <laughs> guy was there with him and also knew about it. But anyway, so, uh, so Lionel, so they had this cornhole board set up at the – public at the adult learning center and so uh, I, I challenged Lionel I said look Lionel I said I, I want it on my resume that I've beaten a nationally ranked cornhole player at cornhole so this is played a seven short game and we kind of videoed some of it you know and he goes okay and I said look now if I win I hope this doesn't affect your rankings you know he, goes, he assured me that it <laughs> would be his rankings official would be okay. competition yeah. I he guess. assured me that that would not affect his ranking but he's played he, I think he said 17 different states and I guess Johnson's Brats sponsor this, and some and other it sounds company. vaguely familiar. I think maybe a beer company or something does this, but you know, but they, that's why they put these on TV. And I guess they're the ones that do the well. There's an American Cornhole Association, I guess is what it is, ACL or ACA. Anyway, but um, I was a league or association. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> yeah, this is something makes like two out of four podcasts where we've talked about cornhole. Yeah, so. well. This will be the last. We've talked about this before. No, the bag gate. The bag gate. Thing. Oh, the bag yeah, gate. That's yeah. right. Okay. So anyway, but he, well, he beat me seven to nothing, and uh, <laughs> you know, so uh, but he's pretty good. And so then other people, when we put this on, people responded that I, that were lived to live in his neighborhood. They said, "Oh yeah, Lionel is a beast at cornhole." Evidently, he just. And I'm I'm guessing if they are one inch apart from the distance you know if they're one inch too far or one inch too close he probably can tell it i mean he knows exactly how far well, that really wasn't the case in our game he just he most of in the hole. <laughs> yeah most of them just went right in but i learned a couple of things did you know how they determine in cornhole who goes first i have but no you idea know this. i have no idea cornhole bags always have one side of the bag is seamed has a seam on it okay and so you put that cornhole bag down on the cornhole board you stand on either side spin it around and whichever side the seam points to the closest is who starts what if it's right in between well then, then i guess you just spin do it again it yeah or if it's, you know, but it, yeah. then you can do you always do an up and back up and back means those are your practice you go you practice one so is there up, an advantage of going first or not well Wh- I don't which know. would which would would Lionel rather go first? He or didn't second? say. He didn't act. Oh, he didn't. He was too concerned about. I don't think he was real concerned about me taking down his national ranking, and so he didn't seem to care. So but he was a great guy too. So the Fields name, and you just allowed the the Fields family name to be trounced in cornhole. Is yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like? yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Okay. Remember Ray Stedman? Remember? Him? Oh yeah. yeah. Heard a quote the other day. Is he still living? I don't think so. Okay. So this is someone I was listening to that said they thought Ray Stedman said this. So Okay. He was a <laughs> he, writer. I can't remember the name Cam- of his book. Peninsula Bible Church. He wrote Body Life. That oh, was yeah, the big that one. Was then, then he wrote a lot of commentaries. I've yeah. I got a bunch of his commentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to use yeah, it. Very Body prolific Life. Right. Body Life was, came out in the 70s. It was one of the first things that really kind of um, spurred a, an interest in me of, of – 
of what is church supposed to be yeah. about? How is the church supposed to function? Yeah, he was very good about that. And, just relational, and kind of early, yeah, very yeah. relational. I think he, you know, I think things have progressed beyond that now. But for where yeah. he was at that time, he, he, was, he was kind cutting of cutting edge, edge type of thing yeah. like that, and yeah. and very much, and and they had a lot of other good things to say. But I was with someone else that they said they thought Ray Stedman said this. So, All right, um, said the. Uh, the Bible is inspired by God. Chapter divisions are inspired by Satan. <laughs> Have you ever heard <laughs> well, that before? No, but... Uh, and, and one example was this. Uh, the, the example was in um, the end of Matthew chapter 25. So the end of Matthew 25 is the sheep and the goats thing. You know, pretty yeah. serious passage there. Yeah. In verse, the last verse of uh, Matthew 25 and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So you got okay. some going into everlasting punishment for end of chapter. Yep. Chapter verse one of the next chapter. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is the Passover and the son of man will be delivered up to be crucified. I think that does shed some light on the sheep and the goats. Now, I still don't know quite how to handle the whole sheep and the goat story, and I don't want to I'm not get into that here. But just the idea that that the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, delivered up to be crucified, does come into play in all that. That the idea that the chapter is divided there is yeah. maybe not helpful. Yeah, but have anyway, you ever thought all. of it? I mean, why? Let me give you another, you know, just always just the things that make me curious. I mean, why, for lack of a better term, why would God allow the verses in the Bible to be divided the way they are? I mean, because there are places where the chapters and verses do mm-hmm. not help in understanding. There's things that are broken up that should be probably put together that seem to have the same flow of thought and context. But it's interesting that God did allow the Bible to get kind of messed up with some chapter and verse divisions. And like you said, the whole you're putting the whole page in there that says New Testament, which is yeah. not, the New Testament does not start with the first of Matthew. It starts at the cross, and even then, that was not the New Testament. Those are writings under the New Covenant, under the New Testament. So the, the whole page that says New Testament is completely wrong, and that's in every Bible. And so why, why does God allow stuff like that? Well, Okay, here's. I've been waiting for you to ask. I, I know the answer. No. Well, God, lay it on me then. Yeah, I'm all ears. <laughs> Let me clarify. I do not know the answer. I mean, thoughts that come to my mind is, you know, God allows a lot of stuff that we right, can ask you. So, right. this particularly pertaining, though, to the Bible. Um, similar to that, I mean, there's so many different translations, yeah. and there are a lot of verses that really depend on, there can be two equally plausible translations that say very different things and so you know each group makes their point and you got to use this translation to make their point and some other group has a different viewpoint about the same verse we use a different translation and they're both po- very possible translations but mm-hmm. they say different things and so i mean i think a lot of this boils down it reminds me that we're Ultimately, it's not a written code in a book, right? And maybe that's the whole point. I think that the, I think that that the Bible was there. never meant to be worshipped. It was never meant to be revered as the handbook of all, you know, mm-hmm. life. But it's it contains the story of our redemption, and any translation reveals that I think pretty yeah. clearly. And even with the verses and chapters kind of messed up in places, you still get that picture. I think pretty clearly. Heard this quote. I forget who said it, said, uh, I think you would agree with this, said, um, 
I love the Word of God. I like my Bible, too. Yeah. What do you think of that? Well, I yeah, love I the agree. Word of God. I like my Bible, yeah, too. Yeah, well, the you Word know, of God is the gospel. Yeah, yeah, the it's not the whole. The Bible is Scripture. This, okay, it says you brought this up. Okay, The Bible never talks about itself as being the Word of God. The Bible calls itself Scripture, or it refers to the people who wrote the different passages. But the Bible never says, as the Word of God says. It'll say, as Scripture says, or as Isaiah the prophet said, as some you know, another prophet said. And so, and then there's a place where it says specifically point blank. I think it's First Peter is one of them, where it says the word is this good news, this gospel that was preached to you. So when you see the word word in the New Testament writings, it refers, to, I believe, pretty much universally to the gospel, not the entire Bible. Jesus is the word too. Yeah. You know, so the word became flesh. The word didn't become a book. So anyway, so what? Am I allowed to look at my notes now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Let's see. Are we, did you have other stuff? No, or? no, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Just jump right in there. Oh, here we go, folks. Jeff's going through his stuff now. He's got his papers out. Look right out. The um, faith. Let's talk about faith for a second. Can we talk about faith? Sure, yeah. Uh, oh, one thing. This this kind of relates to this. I got in a conversation with someone the other day about, you know, the question came up, did Lance, so Lazarus, you know, raised from the dead. Uh, did Lazarus say the sinner's prayer? You know, I would and say that, probably that, that's not. That's kind of comical. Okay, can you imagine Jesus at the tomb. Okay, Lazarus, going to raise you, but got to do something first. I need you yeah. to bow your head, which made it a little bit difficult being all wrapped up and, and all this. You're there, but the idea being that, you know, that was all of Jesus. He raised him from the dead. I know this. What, what are you thinking? No, go ahead. Fish that thought. You made me think of something along those lines. But go ahead. But the idea of, in terms of faith, I, I came up with this analogy all by myself. See if you like this. That faith is x-ray vision that allows us to see what is now spiritually and eternally, not what can be in the future. Right. So faith doesn't make it happen. Faith. Right. right. Oh, yeah. Faith sees, faith what's, sees already what's already there. Right. You know, God, to, God told Abraham... I have made you the father of many nations. And Abraham believed it. Him believing it didn't make him the father of many nations. God opened his eyes to see what was true. What, what are you thinking? You're, you're, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Here, here's what just hit me, though. If you like, We talked in the last podcast out of Isaiah 53 that this is a report. It's a message. Mm-hmm. Okay, So you, it's a report that's of what's been done for you already. And so when you see the report, you accept the report, but your faith in what Jesus has done, that's one thing. If you believe there's something else to do, then you that's when we get in all the wonkiness. That's when you have to come up with, well, what's the prayers got to be? What, what how, What's the wording going to be? Do you have to come up front in a service? Yeah. A lot of denominations believe you have to kneel down or should kneel. Some say, no, you just sit there and sign a card and get baptized. Everybody's got their format. And all the formats, to me, it seems like come from the fact that we don't believe that it's a report that's been settled. And yeah. so when you believe it's a report that's been settled, that you, you just accept by faith and believe the report. That's what it says, who has believed our report. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of translations would say out of Isaiah 53.1. But if you don't believe it's a report where it's already been done, that's when all the wonkiness happens. I actually had wonky in my notes for this week. Yeah. Well, that's a great Can word. It's one of my favorite words, wonky. It just means things are messed up and all sideways. And let me, let me, let me see but where. That, I... But that's where we get all these differences in denomination about what you got to do, what's it supposed to be like, what your prayer is supposed to be like. And it's amazing how many people think, well, you know, they they came to the Lord, they said some prayer that was given to them, and they still feel like they're struggling with sin or whatever. A few months later, and they think, well, maybe I didn't say it right. 
You know, is there, did I, should I have said the prayer differently? Did I say the wrong prayer? So go ahead. And that comes down to, is our faith in our faith? Is well, our faith in our formula or is our faith in Christ? Oh, yeah, a lot of people, the faith in is in the formula. Did. It's in the format. I, I, I didn't, yeah. It's in our procedure. The faith is procedure, in our procedure. Yeah. This, is what, this is why we do it in our church, in our denomination. This is our procedure, and people end up putting faith in the procedure. I mean, there's whole denominations, for instance, that say that, I mean, that you not only have to get water baptized, which we were all into that in our denomination, but they believe you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus, not the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They believe that what was said over your water yeah. baptism will determine whether you actually go to heaven or hell, whether you're saved. So it's faith in the procedure. It's not faith in what's been accomplished on the cross. That, for a lot of people, is just kind of incidental. That's just kind of historical context, but it's not the real essence of the gospel. And I think that's where we're getting messed up. Did I ever tell you about the time where, when I was preaching, a young man in the church uh, was wanted to be baptized, baptized, um, and they asked, wanted to be baptized by his dad, which I thought, that's great. You know, that's, in recent years, that's, I'm used to that. I mean, that's almost the norm. The congregation we attended for a long time, that was the norm, pretty much. The dads always did it. But in this case, it was a little out of the ordinary, because, um, you know, back the preacher always did the yeah, baptizing. right. So and is it valid if it's well, a... Well, that was so, <laughs> so here, they, oh, they weren't so much asking, questioning that at that time. Yeah. They were saying it would be okay. And I said, yeah, that's great. So the, the man who was an elder in the church baptized the son. Sometime later i mean it it was at least a year it might have been several years it was an extended time later the father came to me kind of concerned it didn't take about yeah was it valid or not wow and 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 basically i said who basically i said don't worry about this yeah. you know and yeah. of course my views have even developed further since then i would really you know but i'd say now who does it is not the issue but that's good you know it's, it's the process you know the procedure had you ever heard this there were a strain of baptists who believed that you had to be baptized by a baptist or it kind of goes all the way back to they train to who baptized who. So, yes. Well, it so comes back a, to John the Baptist. They believe that yeah. John the Baptist, <laughs> he was an actual Baptist, the way we think of Baptist. So, if there's a weak so link. Jesus got baptized by a Baptist. Yeah, I guess you had to trace so all your Baptists. So, if there's a weak link five yeah. or six generations ago, then. But isn't that the. the rest I mean, of that's the screwy things that we get into. <laughs> yeah doctrinally when you just don't have a simple faith in what jesus accomplished you get to craziness like that wonkiness okay i was getting ready to ask you can i get back to wonkiness go, go, go to wonkiness. so this was the uh, the folks at true face which which write a lot of good stuff uh part, john lynch used to be a part he's yeah. he's there's some other ones doing it now but but a great group has oh, a lot i didn't of know that so he's not in the true I, face I, not officially i don't oh, think okay. anymore i think there's other ones but um this, so this is from True Face. Could have been written by any one of the three or a combination. Jesus is the cure for our stony hearts. The motive of your new Jesus-fused heart is to love and be loved. Plain and simple, we have a lot of maturing and practicing to do. Many of us have been taught some pretty wonky things about how to love and be loved that we need Jesus to help us untangle. But your heart of a stone has been exchanged for a heart of flesh, a heart that is wired like Jesus is a heart that loves to love. And so I, I thought of the things, okay, they use the term wonky. So I looked up the word wonky. Uh, I mean, shaky, Now, wonky, that's W-O-N-K-Y, is that how you spell wonky? Yes, yes. All right. Um, shaky, groggy, or unsteady. Okay. Or it can yeah. also mean like a, something out of line. Yeah. You know, out of alignment or I like whatever. It. Yeah. But so that, that raises the question, maybe we can 
this might be the, the title for this podcast is your gospel wonking. Yeah. You know, a lot you of have people, a wonky gospel. You yeah. have a wonky gospel. Yeah. That's out of a line. Yeah. And that's because of the stuff we've been taught pretty much. Yeah. But um, so anyway, it's amazing. So, we will believe any kind of wonkiness many <laughs> other than just a simple explanation of the gospel. I mean, you know, you know, for a lot of people, Jeff, one of the most radical things you can say, and if 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 and if you believe it as you say it, is to say this. Here, here's a radical statement. Here, are you ready? I'm ready. Jesus died for my sins. Yeah. For a lot of people, that's like, well, you know, it's not that easy. <laughs> well, what what do like, they say? Well, it's not. That, I mean, they, I, I've heard people say that to me. Well, it's not quite that simple. It's not. Well, really, isn't it? But see, we, we will do anything in, in a lot of sectors of Christianity, of Christendom, rather than believe a simple explanation of the gospel, of what God has done for us. And when you move away from that, you end up diminishing what God has done in favor of all the stuff we do, all of our explanations, all of our formulas, all of our practices. Those become dominant in our thinking, and we diminish what happened on the cross. And I think that's the problem, in a nutshell, of Christianity today. There you go. And so faith, back to the idea of faith, you know, faith is that x-ray vision. So it's already, the sins have already been paid for, already been reconciled, like we talked about last podcast. But faith is the x-ray vision to see what is eternally true, to see what is already spiritually true. But then, Hebrews 12 Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And so, um, you know, my grace are you saved through faith, this not of yourselves. I think it's all that. So somehow it's, it's God that opens our eyes. It's God that raised Lazarus. It's God that yeah. does all this. Oh, you so. made me think of another thing I was going to bring up and forgot about. You know, the it's by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. That's Ephesians 2, right. Scripture. And the, I, was, I always wonder why he said, lest any man should boast. And I'm thinking, oh, who boasts about it? I mean, who, you know, like, who's that referring to? I, I, that never really did it hit me one day when I heard somebody who's, I won't give you the name, but it's pretty well known in a lot of circles, prolific writer, podcaster, YouTuber, and all that. And he, when he gives his testimony, most of his testimony is all about all the stuff he quit doing the day he got saved. Oh. He used to be a drug addict. He used to do this, and all the, I dropped all that the day I never went back. And so the, a lot of the testimony was really him saying how he was able to overcome. I said, that's what that's talking about. Yeah. And, and so I thought, well, nobody brags about, well, I'm so good. They don't say it that way. Yeah. But they will talk about how impressive it was that they were able to overcome all their sin, which, I don't know, you know, at least the sins that they want you to know about, instantly. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so that's a part of your testimony. Well, I used to be, but now look at me. I, you know, I, that's what that, and that verse can, is about. And that would also kind of, we, we touched on this a few weeks ago, you know, because there are a lot of people that have put their faith in Christ where it, it wasn't instantaneous mm-hmm. change of behavior. So someone, you know, I kind of feel for those who are still yeah. struggling with these things that hear something like that. Yeah. And that causes them, we're back to faith and faith. Yeah. You know, that causes them to wonder, okay, maybe I wasn't really. Right. Right, because we, then we put it back whatever. on behavior. But yeah. see, that's what you're really saying. I can prove that I'm, I am a Christian. I'm a good Christian because my behavior. Well, that's great. 
There's some and people that are set free instantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I think that's I think that's great, but it still doesn't change the essence of the gospel, which is still about what God has done for you through Christ, not about how you had this miraculous life change. And some of that, even usually the miraculous life changes, are, are very outward behavioral type of things, yeah. as opposed to, you know. So I mean, uh, cynic and me, you know, and I don't even know who you're talking about, and I don't, I don't need to know, but you know, cynic and me is wondering, okay, well, that's all fine and good, but. How is he treating his wife at home now? Is he yeah, still just as short right, and right? Yeah, he, yeah. He wants ugly, you to know, know, you know of the things that he know. wants you to know yeah. about. I want you to know I've I've accomplished um, victory over these sins. We won't talk about the other things. That maybe I'm still struggling in terms with of the fruit of the spirit. You yeah, know, is, is you know is there really right. much? Uh, and I like the, the verse two in Revelation says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I think the word of the testimony is about the blood of the lamb. The yeah. testimony yeah. is the blood has been shed for me, not how great you are now and how bad you were before. Mm-hmm. So there you go. See, this is that pause time because you wouldn't let me look at my notes. Now, go ahead, look at your notes, Jeff. What else you got there? Because I didn't have anything ready to go here. Did I have? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, interesting story here. Now, I think this was a true story. I forgot who told it. So this relates to faith and all that. Uh, Scottish parents had one son. Uh, he was in the navy, the, the Scottish navy or whatever navy they have over there. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's part. Anyway, I don't know if the United whatever. Um, what were you talking navy. about? You talking about Scotland or what? Yeah, we, Scottish, oh, Scotland. Yeah, in Scotland. Okay, in Scotland. Okay. I guess it so, would be a Scottish navy. Well, yeah, I don't navy. know if some of the United Kingdom. I don't know how the military works in the United Kingdom. I don't know okay. if they each have their own militaries or what. Yes, I don't the, know. The countries have their own militaries. Yeah, so, but anyway, um, they received a letter. So they only had one son received a letter saying that a very official letter just comes. You know, this official envelope, and it just says that the ship that your son was on um, was attacked, was sunk, and there are no survivors. And so the mom in particular is totally distraught. Um, went a month or two, couldn't hardly, didn't want to see anybody, talk to anybody, totally distraught for a month or two. Another letter. When did this happen? How long ago? We I going don't back? know. Okay. I don't know. All right. Um, another letter shows up from their son huh. informing them that he was able to swim to an island after the ship was sunk. Wow. And he was eventually able to get rescued. And he will, they're arranging to bring him home in a certain number of days. Wow. And of course, totally changes yeah. the the outlook of the parents, and in this case, the mom in particular. But the point is that the son was alive all the, the whole time. Mm-hmm. She just didn't know it. Right. right. And that her, her outlook, her behavior changed when she knew the truth. Yeah, I just had the, new information. New information, and so all that was based on, it wasn't so much a lie, it was just based on something that wasn't true that she did not know, and she yeah. didn't know the good news. Yeah. And so faith allows us to see what already is. It didn't doesn't make it happen. Right. It, it allows us to see. It's x-ray vision to see what's already Let true. Let's see a reality, a reality that you didn't that know is, was there before. That is spiritual and, and, and eternal. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's good great, news. Great, great illustration. Don't forget to check out our book, Breaking the Hex, Life with God After the Cross-Killed Religion, available on Amazon. Good little analogy to, to give to you right here. I think you'll like this, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, or the Spirit, is our innate divine tuning fork. You know, a tuning fork, you kind of tell, okay, mm-hmm. is this on pitch or not pitch? Well, we have the Spirit within us to kind of give us, to guide us. Is that 
Is that the right pitch or not with that tuning fork? I think it's a good I'll have to analogy. ponder that one, so Jeff. Well, ponder all you want. Okay. It's a good one with you. Uh, I, well, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just going to have to ponder. That's all. Just be pondering until the next, until the next podcast.